Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Tuesday, March 30th, 2021. Life is short, and we need to be reminded of that from time to time. And more than just reminded, we need to pray that God would show us and remind us how short life is. That's one of the lessons we saw yesterday as we started Psalm 39. Well, we want to continue that thought as we finish Psalm 39 today. And because it's going to start talking about with this short life that we have, what it's like when we spend time in this life pursuing sin and then experiencing the discipline of God that comes along with that. And when it comes to this short life and thinking about wasting some of it, pursuing sin and experiencing that discipline, well, as one woman who is escaping from a burning building once put it, ain't nobody got time for that. And as we think about that, I want you to start there in verse seven in Psalm 39. It says, and now, O Lord, for what do I wait? My hope is in you. Deliver me from all my transgressions. Do not make me the scorn of the fool, right? He's praying, God, help me to avoid sin. Help me to avoid the sin that I'm tempted by. And again, this is right after we read yesterday in verse six, he's saying, we go about as a shadow as he's praying, God, remind me of how fleeting I am. And so it's in light of all that, that he says, God, keep me from transgressions, because then he goes on to describe the discipline of God. Remove your stroke from me, he says in verse 10. I am spent by the hostility of your hand. When you discipline a man with rebukes for sin, you consume like a moth what is dear to him. Surely all mankind is a mere breath. And so as we think about this life, may one of our prayers be, God, deliver me from all my transgressions. And even just think, has Jesus not taught us to pray like this? Is not one of the requests that's a part of the Lord's prayer say, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil? Uh, And again, as we're in the middle of a week, and who knows what temptation you're facing today. And it reminds me of what we talked about on Sunday at Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley as we looked at John 14 and considered Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life. One thing we need to be reminded of is beware the detours that try to get us off of that way or think we have a better idea. It says in 2 Corinthians 11 that we're going to be tempted away from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. But all of those detours have a cost. And it's true. Ain't nobody got time for that. So I would encourage you to make this a part of your prayer today and every day that you would pray, God, deliver me from my transgressions. God, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil because I don't want to experience the discipline of the Lord. And we see this concept of the discipline of the Lord coming up not just in Psalm 39, but we also see it in Deuteronomy, where we look at chapters 8 through 10 today. And as he talks about uh, their wandering in the wilderness, he describes the discipline of the Lord. And he describes how they had to wander around, and he describes how God fed them with manna and to teach them that man lives 
not by every or not by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And then he says in verse 5 of Deuteronomy 8, Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. Right? And he's talking about God and, and how he led the people through the wilderness and even that 40 years they spent wandering. Think about somebody like Moses, who seemingly lived a long time. So many people less than him. He lived 120 years and 40 of it was wandering in the wilderness. That's a third of his life. And many that wandered those 40 years, that may have been more. That may have been more like half of their life. And they spent it wandering in the wilderness because of the sin of the people. And so as we think about that, how much of your life do you want to spend avoidably walking through the wilderness because of your sin and experiencing the discipline of God. So I hope these passages are a warning to us to avoid sin and that we are prayerful about that and that we seek to avoid those spiritual detours that are going to tempt us today. And as even as we think about the discipline of God, we should be reminded even of Hebrews 12, which reminds us to not despise the discipline of the Lord. If you are a believer and you sin and you experience the discipline of God, one thing we can rest assured of is that that discipline we experience is for our good. God is not out to get us. He is trying to discipline us for our good, to teach us and to draw us towards him and towards righteousness that we might eventually reap a harvest of righteousness. So if you think about times where you have experienced the discipline of the Lord, or if you feel like you're experiencing right that right now, uh, while we know, hey, that our sin is not a good thing and the discipline of the Lord is a painful thing, we don't want to despise it. So even as we consider this topic of the discipline of the Lord in response to our sin, it is not something to be despised, but it is also not something to be pursued right? We don't want to pursue God's discipline by sinning. We want to pursue the Lord and, and walking in closeness with him and being walking in intimacy with him as we seek to follow him day by day, step by step. And I hope these passages encourage us in that today. Well, next, let's move on to the book of Romans, which we are starting today. Romans chapter 1, verses 1 through 17. So we have finished now the book of Acts, and now we are going to start looking at the epistles. And the first several of them we're going to see are written by the apostle Paul. And the first one that we have is the epistle to the Romans. So this is clearly written to the church in Rome before Paul has ever been there. So it was at some point during his ministry that we read about in Acts, he wrote this letter to the church at Rome because clearly he hadn't been there yet, but he is there when we finish the book of Acts. But he reads about them and one or he writes to them and he explains this desire that he has to go with them. He wants to be with them face to face. In verse 11, you see, for I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. And so he has this desire to, to see them face to face and to be with them. And hopefully that's something that we cherish 
as believers. And even when you consider the events of the last year, I'm thinking one year ago today, I was doing church through trying to stream something from my living room, right? And I am grateful for the ability to gather face to face. And we need to realize that is God's design. God meant for us to interact with others face to face. And I hope that we take advantage of those opportunities and we do not neglect the gathering uh, together with other believers. But I want us to also notice the point of that. Why do we gather together, whether that's in church or in a small group or in a one-on-one type setting or having people into your your home? And, And notice what he describes in verse 12. He says, that is that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. And I find that interesting. I mean, the Apostle Paul, we think of him as, you know, a spiritual titan, right? Uh, somebody that was a pioneer and a church planner and a missionary. Well, here he he's not just saying that he wants to be there to encourage the Romans. He's also saying he expects to be encouraged by them. So I hope that's something we also see. Why do we want to gather? Why do we want to be together face to face? And clearly he's saying, hey, face to face is better than writing you a letter. Well, why do we want to do that? Well, so we can be mutually encouraged. And so I want you to think about the believers that you get face-to-face interaction with. Is it just so you can hang out? Is it just so you can share some common interest or hobby? Or is it truly because you want to be mutually encouraged in the faith? And even if you think of yourself as a spiritually mature believer, don't undersell the ability of other believers to encourage you. If Paul was looking at this church saying, hey, they can encourage me, then you can look at any other believer and say, man, they've got something in their story, in their walk with Christ that is going to encourage me. And so may we be people that truly value and prioritize fellowship face-to-face with other believers, not just for fun, but for a spiritual purpose, for mutual encouragement. Believers should be people that love that because believers should be people that love each other. And that's really what I want to see as we kind of start to transition over to Matthew. But before we leave Romans, one of the big arguments of this book is going to be about salvation and really about justification, being declared righteous and that we are justified by faith. And we start to see that at the end of this passage today, that famous uh, section in verses 16 and 17, where Paul says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. And so we see clearly this righteousness that's coming from God, this salvation that's coming through the gospel, it is by faith. And that's going to be developed now through the next several chapters of Romans. So that's just kind of setting the table for the main argument of the book. But it also connects then with what we read in Matthew 25 today. Because if you were just to read Matthew 25, if that was all of the Bible that you had, you might start to get confused. You might start to think, well, wait, am I saved by works? Because it describes the final judgment and, well, the first 10 verses of this Um, description here, what we're reading today in verses 31 through 40, that Jesus basically says, hey, you come, come into the kingdom, come into my father's kingdom because you fed me when I was hungry and you gave me drink when I was thirsty and you welcomed me when I was a stranger and, and so on. He's tying their welcome into heaven to their works. And that's where, again, we want to view this throughout the context of the entire scripture 
where we know, partly because of the book of Romans, that we are justified by faith alone. But another thing that we know, as we think of the book of James, is that the faith that really saves is never alone. It will produce works. And another thing we've seen in our study of John at Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley, is Jesus made it clear, hey, how are people going to know that you're my disciples? By your love. And I think it's clear we don't earn being his disciples because we try really hard to love each other. No, when through faith we are saved and God transforms our heart, we will love one another. And that will be such a defining characteristic that Jesus at the final judgment can say, hey, come into my kingdom, basically because you loved the least of these, because you uh, did it for uh, other Christians. You were you cared about your brothers and sisters in Christ. And when you did that, it was like you were doing it for me. And that is really what defined or what will define God's people as he describes this judgment. So we understand from Romans, the big picture, we are saved by faith, but may what we see in Matthew be a reinforcement that real faith will result in real love for God's people. And that's just one of the reasons we should love face-to-face fellowship with other Christians. Well, I hope this blesses you today, and I hope again that you spend some time praying today and every day, God, lead me not it's in temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.